this. But Chris, you can say hello to me. What's going on? Maybe we have producer, extraordinaire, artist, um, Jay Oliver. Yo, yo. You've heard, you, you guys have heard his music. He's done music with Eminem, King Los, uh, Meek Mill, uh, 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 Rick Ross. You've heard his music. Keep going. I mean, we could keep going and going and going and going. The man has been everywhere, um, and we, we, you know, we really appreciate you, you know, jumping on the podcast with us and allowing us to, you know, go over your career, and you know, talk to you about your your, your influences and everything, and you know how you're living. Um, but you can say hello to the people. I'm gonna stop talking. Go ahead, say hello. Yo, yo, what up? What's good? So this was this was Chris's get right here. Chris got my man to jump on with us, so I'm gonna allow Chris and my man to chop it up. You guys got it. What's going on, man? How you been doing these last couple of days? Man, just been been cooling, bro. Been in the house, working on new music, trying to hop on these projects, you know, all of the, all the good stuff. And that's what I'm talking about, you know. Everything going on with the quarantine, it's not much for us to do, you know. Not much at all. That's why I've been in the house. It's working. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. Um, so you were born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland, right? Yeah, born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, I left in 2013 and moved to Dallas, Texas, and been here ever since. Oh, really? Mm. How do you like to change? I love to change. That's why I came here, man. It's it's different. You know, I'm I'm really I'm used to some used to some negative vibes being back home in Baltimore. But I mean, Baltimore is always gonna be home. But it's just the feeling of being in Dallas. You know, coming outside and it's nice all the time. It's not cold. The people smile. You know, they speak. You know, everybody's more happy, you know, the violence is down. I just, I, I love, I love to be here. But like I said, Baltimore is always home and I love to go home. I do get homesick. You know, the crazy thing is that you mentioned that about SARS, the weather and the crime. That's one of the main reasons why Dre moved to Atlanta because mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we're all from Chicago. So we used to snow in July. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when you moved to Texas, does that mean you became an honorary Cowboys fan? Are you still repping your Hell no, hell no. Hell no. And it's crazy because I got um yo, I got I wanna say one of my close homeboys got drafted to the Cowboys, but he don't play there no more. But he was out here when I was. Um and then there's a couple players like Tavon Austin, who from Baltimore, he with the Cowboys, that's my guy. Um Malik Collins, he's with the Cowboys, that's also my guy. Um so you know I got a couple players on there that I rock with tough, but other than that, bro, I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan at heart, die hard, always have been be even when we was we was ass i was still a ravens fan hey man y'all ain't been asses these last two decades y'all got how many rings two? whoa i mean we got rings but but there was a time when <laughs> when we had elvis gerbeck and and trent dilford well he trent dilford did win one for us but i mean we had kyle bowler for a good amount of years and can i interject for a second him. can i interject so, i mean we we you know and then joe flacco you know he brought us a super bowl but after that it was it was struggle century so i mean We've had some years. Now, now I feel like we got a Super Bowl team for a couple of years coming. Hey, man, I just want to say, it was pass interference in the Super Bowl against the 49ers. I'm, I'm back at <laughs> That's cool. You can, say, you can say it was pass interference. And I, I agree with you. It was pass interference. But at the same time, they turned the lights out on us, and we was up 30. So I don't want to hear none of that pass interference. Hey, I'm just we, saying, though. Pass interference. If they never would have <laughs> shut them lights off, we probably would have beat them by 50 to 7. They would have been, been a massacre. So they, they did what they did. Man, when them lights went off, I already knew what it was. There's no way you come back and build that same momentum and keep it up. Yeah, 
Yeah, you don't. You don't. And and that's exactly why I don't care about that pass interference because I know that we was trashing them and they didn't want that Super Bowl to continue to look that way, so they cut them lights. <laughs> so how you feel about the Ravens as far as Lamar Jackson and the, uh, the, all the picture I picked up in this draft? Y'all I love it. pretty I, well. I, I love it. I love it. I love everything about it. Um, You know, I wasn't really sold on Lamar Jackson when he first got to the team. I was hyped. Really? I was happy. Yeah, I wasn't sold on him. I was. I love watching Lamar play in college. Um, Never once did I ever say, yo, he should change his position. I ain't never say that, and I never would say that. Like, I don't believe – I hate when – I honestly, I think white people be telling people, like, they should be changing their – positions and stuff like that like I, I didn't believe in I didn't believe in Lamar changing his position when we drafted him I wasn't mad neither though but it was one of those things where I was just like we just gotta wait and see because my whole thing is I don't really like scrambling quarterbacks and it's not even because I don't think they're good I just my discrepancy with scrambling quarterbacks is they're gonna get hurt and that's my only thing like other than that like I, I love Lamar Jackson I don't care that he don't throw the ball all the time like people want him to do I just don't want him to get hurt I hate when they hit my quarterback so that's the only beef I have with Lamar Jackson. But right now, you know, it's a good time. I still don't want my quarterback to get hurt. Um, but, you know, I just – I love what we're doing right now, you know. And I'm, I'm cool with a lot of – matter of fact, a, a lot of the good players. Like, me and um, me and Matt Judon, we really close. Me and Earl oh, Thomas. Cool. Yeah, Earl Thomas, we really close. Um, Hollywood, that's my guy. Um, so, you know, I'm cool with a lot of the players. So, I hate to see them leave when they do leave because I had a lot of them leave. You know, Anthony Levine, he's still there. So, you know, like I said, I'm a, I'm a diehard Ravens fan, bro. Um, and the pieces that – the draft was – we killed the draft. We was the best team. Y'all really did, honestly, though. Like, I don't even, I bro, I don't even know how – I'm still, like – I don't even know how we got J.K. And, like, I'm still, like – Yeah. I'm like, I'm like yo, do you, are y'all, like – are these GMs – like, what is – No, it man, just, I'm telling you. It don't make sense. It don't what, make sense, bro. What's one pick slides? Everybody slides. Everybody. Yeah, no, it's like it's like bro, it's like you just pretty it's like fantasy football. It's like once your pick is gone, it just screws up the whole board and everybody's just sitting there with their kids cut off, like I don't know what to do next. Like, there's no way we should come on, yo. You let JK fall to the Ravens, you let him fall to the number one rushing to, like it's like if Mark Ingram was to ever go down or ever go, like we have a guy who they're comparing to Emmett Smith now. Like, are y'all retarded? Like, did y'all really let that happen? Like it's just it's cr- and then we got that wide receiver from Texas. That it's like it's crazy, bro. The wide receiver that we picked up from Texas has one drop his whole career in college. One so drop, just, yeah. Like, one drop, bro. So it's it's like it's it's weird, bro. So like I said, I'm I'm diehard. I can't wait for the season to start. I was talking to um to Earl about it the other day, bro. We just really hoping we can get Anthony Antonio Brown in there. So I'm good. Wait, Antonio Brown to the Ravens? What? Yeah, we just hoping we can make that happen. Um. I know uh, I went to the Ravens-Kansas City game last year in Kansas City. I drove up there from Dallas, and it was a heartbreaker. You know what I mean? So, hopefully Hey, man, if Hollywood Brown was even 50%, that game would have went a different way. Yeah. He was still yeah. injured. Yeah, yeah, he was still injured. Um, So, you know, I just – I think we've learned from our mistakes. I think Patrick Mahomes was an amazing talent. But mm-hmm. I think that Chiefs team definitely don't want to see the Ravens. I don't – like, the first game they beat us – they, I mean, the first time they beat us, it was off a of fourth and 30 at the end of the game. We blew – Marlon Humphreys blew a fourth and 30 at the end of the game. So, I don't, I don't really think <laughs> – I don't think they want to – I don't think the Chiefs really want to see us when it comes down to it. But I do think that Patrick Mahomes is a gamer and he's a competitor. So, it's one of them things. But, you know – and, of course, you know, the disappointing loss to the Titans, you know. And Earl Thomas told me to tell everybody, y'all can continue to make memes – 
of him. He said he's bringing this to the Super Bowl this year, so it is what it is. Hey, he's done it once. He'll do it again. I believe in the man. <laughs> but uh, as far as music and production, what was your first computer that you had to made your first beat on? My first computer was a Dell. Um, I got it from my grandfather, bought it for me. Um, it was a Dell computer, PC, uh, and I, so I had Fruit Loops on it. And, it. and it did what it did, bro. Like, I got, you know, I made beats. I haven't, I don't, I didn't make any placement beats off of that computer, but it, uh -huh. it was what it was. I carried it with me everywhere like it was a book bag, a tower, bro. I carried it with me everywhere. It was one of them big computers. I carried it with me everywhere. Wherever <laughs> I needed to go make beats, it was it was right there with me. I actually still have it. It's at my best friend's house. I told really? you. Mm -hmm. That's dope. I'm gonna have to pull it out the closet and take a picture of it. Yeah, but I still got it. Man, you don't know what's on there. It could be some gold that you forgot about. It, I really don't. I gotta start it up one day, connect it to the monitor and start it up. Do you remember how old you are when you wrote your first bar? Um, I think I was 14. Um, I was singing in the, in the church choir and I was writing my own songs when I was like 14. And that's when I started making music and recording myself on that computer. Oh, that's dope. So 14 in the church, is that when you kind of like got introduced to music? Yeah. Yep. In the church, singing on the, um, singing on the choir. And I just, I don't know. And then I just wanted to write my own stuff and I didn't know any producers out here making beats. So I had to make my own beats, and that's how I got into producing music. That's dope. So it's kind of like you just showed yourself the way. Yeah, pretty much. The whole, I pretty much, bro, I'm self-made. Like, I, I'd be the first to tell anybody because I'm proud of it. I, I came to this game and really just – I really – I mean, you know, help here and there, but it was, like, very minor. If you want to say I got any help, maybe 5% help. Everything else was all me. That's dope to hear. That's dope to hear, for real. Um so since you are self-made and as far as the rest of these um, other producers that kind of had a help along the way, how, what do you do to separate yourself from them? From separate myself from who? Just kind of like mainstream producers and kind of how... Um, um, so I separate myself from them because I'm not just a beat maker. Most producers, you know, y'all call them, you know, you guys, y'all call them producers, but they're really beat makers. These, these niggas ain't, they're not making records. Like, like I'm a real producer. Well, I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't know him personally, so I, I couldn't tell you what he does in the studio, but I'm just, I know based off of, you know, the people that are, that are getting me newer records, I know they're not in the, in the studio producing records. Um, But, you know, a lot of these beat makers, they're just beat makers. They're not really making records. And the, of course, I write a lot of my stuff. So I'm writing for people, I'm producing records, I'm putting it together. I'm touching all genres of music. Like I'm doing country music, I do trap, pop, all of that. Um, and, and really building my brand. And that's the biggest thing. Like people still think I'm an artist because of how I carry and how I move myself. And that helps me through the, through the industry because it's like a lot of these people, they're all, they're all introverts. So they don't really politic, they don't really get out there. And when they do get out there, they get Hollywood and you know they just feel like they don't have to you know, they gotta work no more. You know, they don't feel like they have to. Yeah, so it's like, and nah, I'm not like that. Like I speak to everybody, I talk to everybody, I deal with everybody, I see potential in everybody. So that's that's what separates me. That's dope to hear, man. Especially a lot of people that are in the music industry nowadays, they have this sense of entitlement that you know a lot of them are better than everybody else. Yeah. Like, all at the same time, is man, we, everybody worked to get to where they are now. You know, not yep. if, you know, nobody woke up rich and famous. <laughs> yep. Facts. Do you have any like musical influences that kind of impacted your career? Um, yeah, uh, musical influences that impacted me, I would have to say definitely Eminem. 
Um, okay. That was that was the first person. Um, he definitely impacted where I went with music. Um, other than that, I, I was big on Timbaland and Swiss Beats and Kanye West and Pharrell and the Neptunes and Cool and Dre. Um, that impacted me. And then after all of them, it was uh, it was Drake. It was Drake for me. Let me so, ask you. Let me ask you a question. What was it about Eminem? Eminem that, really that impacted it was just, you that much. It was his realness. It was his realness. Um. The fact that he kept it real, he didn't give a shit, and he just he was barred up like he was. He can go, he could spit. His flow was crazy. You haven't heard nothing like it, and it was the fact that he didn't care about you know stuff, bro. Like he brought that to the rap game. I thought you know besides Jay Z because Jay Z was the same way as well, but I don't know. I was just more attracted to you know M's flow. Yeah, but I let you say that as far as his flow. When Eminem first came out, there wasn't anybody really rapping like that. No, not at all. It wasn't nobody rapping like that at all. So like most writers and artists, you know, we get creative blocks. What do you do to overcome that sometimes? Yeah, we get, it's a lot of creative blocks, bro. And it's, it's frustrating when you get it. It, it is um, me. I don't force it anymore. Now I'll just be getting up and I'll just walk away. I'll go, may lay down, may watch TV, may watch, um, may go out, play basketball. I play basketball every day. So, you know, I use that to kind of stay creative by just playing basketball, easing my mind and then coming back okay. to my thing. So. Yeah, well, uh, now I'm playing Call of Duty. I'm like addicted to Call of Duty. I'm like spending way too much time on that shit. So, hey man, Dre plays Call of Duty like like it's in the back of his hand, man, for real. Call not of Duty is 2K. One. Not not this one. 2K mostly. Not the now. new one. Not the new one. I'm mostly oh, on Black Ops Four. I don't know. I don't like the I don't like the way it, that's the way that it plays. Like it plays too weird for me. So I don't. I ain't really really get into this one. Yeah. Like it's playing for you. Nah, it's just like like. The way that the maps are built, they're not built like old school Call of Duty maps. And for some odd reasons, like the floor of the game is just different. But any other, if you put me in any other Call of Duty, like I got videos up. <laughs> I got videos up. <laughs> like you can check, you can check my work. <laughs> like I do work on Call of Duty for sure, though. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. So, what's your favorite zombies maps? Because you know, people always, always a different answer. But I feel like I, I, don't, I, don't, play, I, don't, I don't play zombies. Um, I, I, I. Zombies before I just wasn't into into it. Do they have zombies on this new Call of Duty? I don't they think so. don't. They don't. They just got that war zone. Yeah, they got war zone. Zone. I didn't I would say I didn't see zombies. So I know you said as far as getting out of creative blocks, you play basketball. Are you righty or left? I wish I was left handed. You righty. <laughs> so if you had to describe your play style and compare it to a player in the NBA, who would you say this? Um, I'm. A mix between players, bro. Because honestly, like I got the heart and the determination like Kobe Bryant, but of course, obviously, I'm not hitting shots like Kobe. Um, I shoot just as many shots as Kobe. Um, <laughs> like that Detroit series. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. I couldn't really tell you what my playing style is like because I'm just. I mean, I shoot the ball a lot. Um, I can play defense, but I do shoot the ball. I have a, I have a really killer's instinct. So I'm the type of dude that's gonna go out there and try to give you like 20 to 30 points a game. That's what's up. That's what's up. Did you play any sports in high school? Yeah, I played basketball, but I couldn't stay eligible to stay on the team, so I never played my high school years. And it was crazy because I was better than the majority of the niggas that was playing, but I just couldn't get it together. But I went to a private school, and um, my school was like, they was if you failed one class, you couldn't play. Like, it was like that. So 
Damn, it was really? hard for me, yeah, yo. It was a private school where, like, basketball players go to play. It was just hard. And I wasn't a premier basketball player at that school. I wasn't the best dude at the school. So, you know, the coaches wasn't looking out for me, like like how they was looking out for everybody else. Was that Cardinal Gibbons, the one I think you went to in like, North Carolina? Yeah, Cardinal Gibbons. That's in, it's in Baltimore. Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So when you went to uh, Morgan State, you graduated with a bachelor's. What was your degree in? And radio broadcasting, but I knew I was never going to use that shit, but I still got it, though. <laughs> just nice to have it, though, right? Yeah, my parents was really egging me on to get one, like, and I'm just like, well, look, as long as y'all gonna continue to pay for me to go to school, even though I got to pay all that shit back with the loans and everything, I was like, y'all gonna pay for me now to go to school? I'm gonna go to school, but I'm gonna be making beats. I barely went to class. I was the man at my college, though, like, with the teachers, with the students. Like, I was that guy. So, like, even when I didn't go to class, like, the teacher still was fucking with me. So, it was, like, I was able to get by. I think I graduated with, like, a 2.7. I didn't really care. Like I said, I wasn't using that degree to do anything. And, and even if I wanted to go get a job at a radio station, I could because I had relationships at the radio station. So, I didn't really need that degree to do that. I used that time to focus on my craft and to get better at being a musician. Okay. That's dope. That's dope. Uh, you had a happy hand in King Lose's mixtape, Becoming King, producing over four tracks on it. How did you meet Lopes and how was it working with him? So basically, Lopes found me at Morgan State. Um, I had a show at Morgan State and I was performing. And I remember he came up to me and he was just like, bro, he was like, you're amazing. You sound talented. Like, we need to work. And he was like, my name is King Lopes. I'm like, yo, I know exactly who you are. And I'm like, <laughs> you definitely need to work. You know what I mean? And yeah. um, he started coming by my, um, by, my, by my dorm and just, you know, just listening to beats. And we was just vibing and stuff like that. And uh, we just started working, bro. And, and Lowe's was like, he was one of the, he's the hardest nigga I ever had to work with because he's just so, he wants to be so perfect, but at the same time, he just don't listen to nobody. You know what I mean? Um, and it was just hard to work with him, but he <laughs> is the reason for my start, my, my beginning of my success, because okay. people don't know that he tried out for making the band, but then he quit because he didn't want to be in no band. He wanted to do it by himself. So when he did that, Diddy signed him. But something happened, and Los ended up getting dropped, and then Diddy ended up re-signing him. So when he re-signed him, that's when he brought him to L.A., and then that's when I started going to L.A., and that's how I started to be able to get in some of the mixes. And Los was giving my beats to people like French and people like Meek, and that's how I was able to get into the industry. So shout out to Los for that, even though we couldn't make anything work. Hold on, Chris. So you, you brought up French Montana. You brought up Meek. Like, for me personally, I don't think I'm ever going to be at a point where I'm like, man, I made it. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? But if you had to pick a moment or a, mm -hmm. an artist that you work with, that you was like, man, I can't believe this. Who was mm -hmm. that? Eminem. Eminem. Mm -hmm. And how was it working with him? So, like, you know, I know he's like, he's huge. You know what I'm saying? Like, one of the biggest rappers of all time, maybe the biggest rapper of all time. Yeah. Did you get to actually work with him? So or was this, it like this, uh, this, send this, the beat this, in and then I, I you know. You know yeah, what I'm so saying. This, this is how this works. So basically, with artists like that, you're not getting in the studio with them. Like, if you're not, if you're not Boy Wonder, if you're not Hit Boy, um, you know, with those type of names and those type of credentials, you're not getting in the studio with bigger artists. Like, that's just not going to happen. Um, when I signed a deal back in 2011 with Denon Porter, Denon Porter is Eminem's best friend um, and hype man. I signed a deal with him thinking that I was going to be doing stuff for him. Um, and, you know, he promised that he would give me placements and stuff like that. He never did. Uh, I ended up getting out of that deal with Denon in 2013, 2012, 2013. 
And I was a little upset because I really wanted to work with M because that's my favorite artist. Um, so it was one of them things where it was just like, well, I guess, you know, I'll never get to work with him. You know what I mean? And um, we basically what happened fast forward to 2018 um, or 2000, yeah, 2018, uh, I moved to Dallas. So when I moved out, well, I moved to Dallas in 2013, but in 2018, I was in Dallas and there was a producer by the name of S1. And S1 is like one of the, the biggest producers that's that's done yeah. it and still doing it. Yeah. And um, yeah. he, he called me up and he said, yo, Jay, I would love for you to come and speak at my, um, my, my masterclass. And me, whenever S called me, I'm always there. One, because he's a legend. Two, because that's like one of my mentors. So anything S need me to do, I do. So the thing about S, what you got to understand is S is huge. So S worked with Jay-Z, S has worked with Kanye West. He did Power for Kanye West. That was his biggest song. So, really? so he's worked with Jay-Z, he's worked with Kanye West, and he's done mad tracks with Eminem. So I came to his masterclass and um, I, spoke, I spoke, did my thing, and then his producer stood up. Older guy, had to be in his 40s, had never had a placement, and he was playing these beats. And he played this beat and I was like, yo, this beat is, is actually dope. I feel like it needs a lot of work, but I could transform this into something and I could send it to Meek Mill. So um, I asked him if I could do it and the producer told me, yeah, the man started, he, he broke down, bro. He dropped a tear and was like, yo, thank you. I appreciate that. Like, because it's like, he was humbled by the fact that I would even ask him to do stuff, you know, with him. So he sent me the session, I worked on it and I told him, you know, I was gonna send it to Meek. So I sent it to Meek like three times never responded because a lot of times me don't be responding. Sometimes I'll be feeling like he don't even be getting beats that I'll be sending him. Um, but I sent it to me, no response. So I realized that the producer has sampled or used something in S1's kits, which is a sample that's not royalty free, which had to be cleared. Mind you, S1 is my guy though. So I called S and I'm like, yo S, this beat that we did, um, a guy used a sample from you in it. Um, I want to send it to you because I think the beat is dope. I sent it over to S and S went crazy. And he was playing it for everybody that he was around during his like masterclass. And he was like, yo, this is nuts. And he was like, yo, Jay, I'm gonna send this out to a few people. He didn't tell me who, he just said, I'm gonna send this out to a few people. So I wanna say maybe six months later, I was in the gym hooping and S was texting uh, me and the other producer. And he was like, yo, we got one. We got a big one. We got a big one. Um, uh, you know, I sent it out to a few people. And I'm like, well, if it's a big one, I mean, I only know three big dudes. So it could either be Jay-Z, Kanye, and Eminem. And I was like, Kanye might hop on it. Jay-Z's not hopping on this. Eminem might definitely hop on this. So I was like, let me call this guy because I don't want to text. I'd rather call him and see, you know, what he, what, who this artist is. Because if it's who I think it is, I'm going to freak out. So I called him and he was like, yeah, bro. He was like, congratulations. You got an Eminem placement. And I'm like, I, I couldn't even, bro. I was speechless. I couldn't even talk. I, I said, S, I'm going to call you back. And I just dropped to my knees. I started crying in the gym and praying and just thanking God. And everybody around me was looking at me like I was crazy. Like, Yo, what's wrong with Jay? What's wrong with this nigga? You know what I mean? And they just don't understand, like, as a grinding producer, like, to get a record like that by yourself, you know, through somebody, but working by yourself, no management, no nothing. It's just, a, it's, it's crazy. But, you know, um, with that placement, what happened was Eminem rapped on it and it was supposed to go on his album. But what happened was... He had an artist by the name of Boogie. And, and it went on Everything's For Sale. Yeah, and he told Boogie, he said, uh, I'm gonna do a feature on your project, but I wanna use this beat that I already rapped on. So 
he basically merged it with another producer's beat, which is crazy because the other producer whose beat it was, was my other mentor. I have three mentors, Street Runner, S1, and Troy Taylor. So he ended up sending it to my other mentor and merging it together. Now, my other mentor didn't know that I did the part with Eminem on it. So when I called him, I was just telling him about, you know, the tracks that I was working on and stuff like that. And then he had told me he was upset because he had a track with Eminem, another one, because he'd done tracks with Eminem before too. Matter of fact, he did a track with Eminem and S1 because they merged S1's beat and his beat together. So he was upset because he was like, Eminem keep doing this shit. He was like, he keeps merging my beats together and I'm not feeling this shit. So, you know, he was pretty upset because he did the part with Boogie on it. I did the part with Eminem on it. So they ended up merging it together. And what happened was they ended up taking my percentages a lot, like all the way down because the section that Eminem rapped on was so small. But when M had it, it was my beat, but because he merged it with another beat and made it so small. So it was bittersweet for me because it was like, I got to work with M, M rapped on my stuff, but at the same time, I didn't get a big percentage out of this. So it really didn't change my life. It was one of them things where it was just cool points. So, you know, it, it, I got to work with my favorite artists in the world, but it just didn't translate into anything for me, but bragging rights. So would you say that since the industry kind of be in the industry? Yes. That's the bullshit of the industry, bro. Like that's the hard part of the industry is dealing with that type stuff. So I was <laughs> saw this video the other day online. Uh, it was talking about you urinating on your boss's floor after you quit a valet job. Yeah. What was that, man? What was that? So basically, um, okay, so how can I say this? Um, <laughs> yeah, so you basically, can say however you want to on here. Anything you okay. want to say, you good. Okay. Um, so basically, I was working valet, and in Baltimore, bro, you got to understand, we get all the seasons. Just like in Chicago, we get all the seasons. So it could be five degrees in Baltimore. You know what I mean? Like it could be snowing, all that shit. And even if it's snowing, you still got to report to work. And what happens, my boss, he just, he's, he's a dick and he makes me stand outside. He makes all of us stand outside while he's sitting in his office. And he used to just tell me like, oh yeah, you want to be a musician? Yeah, you know, it's a good dream to have. You know what I'm saying? Like he was just a dick, bro. So when I quit, when I, when I finally got a chance to quit my job, I was like, well, I'm going to his office and I'm gonna rip up the, the paperwork that's in there. Um, of all my homeboys and me, like the write-ups. I'm just going to rip them up. I don't care. I mean, what can you do? So I went in the office and I ripped them up. And then I was just like, I'm going to urinate in his office. And I just jumped on top of his desk and I just started peeing on the floor. Um, and I quit and I left. And I was on a flight to LA the next day. Um, and I don't, I don't really know if, I mean, I don't know if he knew I peed on his floor or not, you know what I'm saying? But I didn't really care. But I do know that interview I did was like a year ago, and I will say this. I, I went back home in December, and I found out that my old boss passed away, and he died. Um, yeah. So, you know, definitely rest in peace to him. Because uh, if I'd known that in the interview, I wouldn't have said, fuck Tom Cardos. But I yeah. didn't know. You know, I didn't know he passed. So, like, the interview came out, and then I seen that he passed, and it just I was like, damn. You know what I mean? Like, it's me being ignorant. You get what I'm saying? So, yeah, rest in peace yeah. to him for sure. But, I mean, you know, he was – he wasn't – he was – it's kind of evil. Yeah, but the good part is that you, you know, you matured. Yeah. And, yeah. You, you know, you were able to say that, you know, I wouldn't have done that had I known. And you get that and you can say, you know, I apologize. And that's mm-hmm. cool. So out of all the hit records that you made, which one would you point out saying that's your favorite to work on? 
The favorite one that I worked on is definitely one that people wouldn't even think. And it's um, Trap Boy Freddy record I just did. That That's my most recent record is the Trap Well, I did some work with science. It's not my most recent, but the Trap Boy Freddy record is definitely the one I'm proud of the most. And the reason why I'm proud of that is because I was really hard on myself last year because I haven't had a radio single like in a minute. Like the only radio single I had was Trey Songs and Kevin Hart. And that really didn't do what I needed it to do even though it was good you know it did what it did but it just didn't it didn't even go gold when those two type of people on a record like that you would think it would go gold but this record that I did with Trap Boy Freddy you got to understand like I'm a Baltimore nigga I'm from the east coast and I live in Dallas and I now like the way that record blew up I'm gonna have one of the most I'm gonna have a track that's going to be a classic timeless record for Dallas Texas like this is going to be one of those records that they play 10 years from now, like, yo, I remember this. This was my shit. Like, it's going to be one of those type of jams. And the fact that I did it with Trap Boy Freddy is even more special because he was an underground artist who was having trouble becoming mainstream because he wasn't making mainstream records. And mm -hmm. when he put that record out, it blew up, and now it's on the radio in a lot of states. So, like, that's, my, that's, my, that's, a, that's a big record for me. I can't wait for that record to go gold, for sure. Was that a little quitter, right? Lil Quita, yep. Yeah, I remember when I first said that. I was like, man, shit smacks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 it. That's it. I, I I love that, and it's not even one of my favorite beats, but I just I love the story behind it. I love how it came about. I love the fact that even hey. today I got in the car and I heard it on the radio. Don't be my wife. So when you first got your passport, you know, what was the first country that you stamped on? Uh, Africa. Really? That's crazy, right? No, 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 no. Okay, so the first country that I ended up going when I got my passport was definitely Africa, but it wasn't the first that stamped it. The first that stamped it was London because I had a layover in London and I wanted to see London, so I, would, I had actually walked out. So I touched London soil first, but I stayed majority of my time in South Africa. Okay, all right. Um, I've got a couple more questions um, as far as music and couple more sports. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of your favorite jerseys to wear? I see you got Blue Jays jerseys on your Instagram. Yeah. Um, I saw you had a uh, Ravens jersey on your story a while ago. Uh, like, what are some of your favorite jerseys to wear? I love the Toronto Blue Jays jersey because the color scheme to me is hard. That red and blue is, is just dope as fuck. Um, I love the Toronto Raptors classic old school jersey. I got one of those. I got a Tracy. With the dinosaur head on it? Yeah, I got the Tracy McGrady. Yeah. Um, I love the color scheme of that. Um, I like the Charlotte Hornets one, but I don't have, you know, that one. Um, the Baltimore Ravens, I love that jersey. Of course, I'm always going to wear that. Um, Jay White, the producer, he bought me a Kansas City Chiefs jersey. I never wear that, and that's when we lost, and I had to wear it and post it on my page. Um, <laughs> I never wear Kansas City Chiefs jersey. Um, if somebody, Not anymore. You can't do it. No, I will never do it. If somebody gave me a Steelers jersey, I'll burn it. Um, my homeboy actually played for the Steelers. I'm, I'm glad he doesn't anymore, Le'Veon Bell. But I, I told him I don't even think I would wear his jersey. Um, other than that, <laughs> I like the I like the I like the Golden State the Golden State Warrior. Um, what's the, the go? Yeah, the Golden State Warrior colors. I like the new colors, so that's pretty cool too. So yeah. Um, any other jerseys other than that? No, nah, I mean I wear my homeboy's jerseys, but I just it's some jerseys I won't wear. Like I'll never put on a Steelers jersey. I will never put on a Cowboys jersey. Um, yeah. I remember the one Warriors jersey, probably my favorite that I ordered was the one with the dragon head on it. That was, um, I can't remember what it was for. 
Chinese New Year. Chinese New Year, yeah. Yep, Chinese, yep, I remember when they did that. Yep. I got it in KD's jersey. And, oh, uh, nice. Yeah, it, it was cold, man. I mean, I haven't seen a jersey that thoughtful and creative in a while. Yeah, that like, was, all yeah, the that colors. Was, that was cool. That jersey was cool. So KD's from the area as well. Are you close to him? Yeah, yeah, that's my guy, man. I love that nigga, bro. That's my guy. He's he's from, he's from PG. I'm actually from Baltimore, so um, it's not it's night and day, bro. Like niggas don't understand. Like PG's more towards DC. Like that shit's night and day. We used to battle beef all the time, bro. Beef so stupid, but you know when they talk about the DMV, you gotta understand. They don't even claim Baltimore as part of the DMV, and we don't want to be part of the DMV, but we are technically the DMV. But we don't, you know, they don't claim us, and we don't claim that. So what's up with that? I don't know, bro. Just since we was born, like that's how it was for real. Like niggas don't fuck with DC, we don't fuck with PG, they don't fuck with us. But I fuck with DC and PG though. But you know that's just the stigma. Um, but PG got the baddest bitches, so it's like I always was out there. Like I, I, I always was out there. But yeah, that's where he's from. He's from over there in that area, and I'm from Baltimore. That's dope. That's dope. Um, one more question. So, you know, a lot of people in the industry when they first get on. Mm-hmm. They first purchase is like a car or you know big crib. What was your first purchase when you considered yourself to be on? Um, bro, to be real with you, I didn't really buy. I didn't really buy anything. Um, because I didn't. I didn't. Get the, I didn't get the money when I was like 21, 2019. Like it wasn't. I didn't get the money then. Like if I would have got the money then, then you know I'd have been reckless. Um. When I did start getting money, I was just buying hella clothes and hella food. Like, I'm talking about, you don't understand. I'm talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on food and clothes, bro. At the end of the year, when you look at the total, it's sickening. Like, it's to the point to where, though, you want to cry. Um, <laughs> like, big purchases and stuff like that, I didn't and I still wouldn't. Because honestly, it needs to go towards like investments. And I feel like if I don't have it for the investments right now, um, I'm not going to do it. And I'm just really just trying to build my credit up to spend other people's money versus spending my money. So I got a little bit smarter. So I don't, big purchases don't really happen over this way. And then I'm taking care of a family. Like I'm taking care of multiple people. Like it's a little different on my side. Man, that's really refreshing here nowadays because, you know, artists, you know, they get paid and, 10 years later, you know, you just, it broke, you know, and it's sad. Cause yeah. Yep. Yep. For real. Um, so, you know, you said as far as the quarantine, being locked up in the crib, you're working on the music. What you got for us? So I got, a, um, I got two records coming out for sure. I got one with Anwell and Yandel. Um, Anwell is like one of the biggest Spanish artists out right now. So I'm on his album that's coming out, a dope record. And then, I got a really, really special record that I did with Trey Songs. Um, me, Troy Taylor, um, and Gumbo Music. We we got this record with Trey. That's just it's crazy. Um, that's coming out this year as well. And right now, I'm really just trying to get on this Chris Brown and Young Thug album. Hopefully, I can get on that. That's just I, I need to definitely get on that. So you know, my guy, my guy is executive producing it. So just trying to really just trying to work that situation. I think it's called Slime and B, right? I saw it on Twitter the other day. Yep. Yeah, that's going to be dope. Yep. Well, man, we really appreciate you coming on the show and everything. You know, 
it was crazy because I was looking on my Instagram story and I saw that you had watched and I was like, yeah, Jay, I don't know. What the fuck is you doing watching my story? And I was like, oh, that's crazy. Be um, when you just be on the internet, you just be floating. For real, for real, man. Like I said, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Oh. You got an open pass whenever you want to come back on, man. Okay, just let me know and I'm with it. I got one yeah, more hope- question before I let you go. go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Like I had my homie, um, my homie, uh, Tim Parham on like about, uh, about six or seven months ago. He a basketball player, Tim Parham. He from he from Chicago, but you know he a hooper. He hooped out actually. He hooped at Maryland Eastern Shore. Um, okay, at the JUCO over there. So he uh, they we played him. Yeah, so he a hooper. He hooped all around the world. But right now he's um an executive producer for Two K. And it? yeah, yeah. That's crazy. When when do you know what year he hooped at Eastern Shore? Um, I want to say like 2000, maybe 2001. Okay, okay, because I was about to say, there's a producer that I work with who went and also hooped at Eastern Shore, and I know he just did a track on Lil Baby's album, so I was going to see if they knew each other, but they definitely uh, okay. Hey, send uh, Chris the name, and I'll holler at him and see if he, if he know him, because I mean, I mean, because Tim has been everywhere, like literally everywhere. Yeah, he, man, he's, he's playing every, every country you can name. <laughs> every country you can name. He's friends with every, literally every hoop out of Chicago, he know him. But when I had him on the podcast, like we were talking about his career mm-hmm. and about, you know, him going all around the world. And at the end of it, I asked him a question I'm asking it to you. If you had one piece of advice to give to someone that was in your shoes, the same shoes you were in like 10 years ago, mm-hmm. what would you give them? I would tell them that in life, building your relationship and your network is what's going to bring in the money and the goals that you want to achieve is by having the best relationships and having the best network. Everything else don't matter. Um, that's what I would tell them. That's dope. People matter. Yeah, people definitely matter, bro. It don't matter. I'm trying to tell you in any business, it don't matter music, it don't matter what you in. If you are cool and you know somebody who can put you in that position to win, you're going to win every time, bro. That's how it is in the music industry. That's how it is anywhere. You know, my sister, she's a school teacher and she's trying to get the best possible position, like in a, the best possible county, but she can't because she's a new teacher. But if she would have known somebody that's in those districts, or if she would have had a friend who knows somebody that's in those districts, easily she could have been placed in position to get one of those positions. You see what I'm saying? So it's like your network is, is everything, bro. That's, that's not what you know, true, you know. Great piece of advice. And like, you know, like Chris said, we really appreciate you coming on. You know, you always welcome to come on and, and chop it up with us. We we actually hadn't been doing podcasts for a while, but we you know we jumped back on. You know we got this last dance uh, documentary going on, so we jumped back on so that we could talk about it because we all Chicago boys, and you know we all love Mike, we love the Bulls, so we got back on. But you always welcome, brother, and mm-hmm. um, you know we looking Especially forward to your music. Yeah, <laughs> we, we looking forward to your new music, and you know um, everything you got going on. We, you know we wish you nothing but the best, and we look forward to having you back on the show. Appreciate it. What's it? Which who your teams? Chicago um, Bulls, man. Yeah, Bulls. I don't Bro. watch football anymore, so it's just the Bulls, Blackhawks, White Sox. Okay, yeah, that's, that Bulls. That's that's rough. Yeah, it ain't been it ain't been <laughs> the best. It ain't been the best lately. But we got the last dance going on right now. It brings back good memories. That's all that we got is memories, man. <laughs> Twenty plus years ago. Yeah, but you know when you when you get to my age, you need the memories. Because you've seen, I mean, it was a point oh, when I was your age, like I was talking to somebody on one of my podcasts when I was like 28, 29. I was like, like almost half my life I was watching my teams win championships between the Bulls, 
the Blackhawks and um, the White Sox. And then you know, I'm a 49ers fan. That's why, you know, I gave you that 49ers thing, or I was. But, you know, between those, you know, the four teams, I spent half my life watching my teams win. Mm. So, yeah, you know, yeah. When you get to that's, my age sooner or later, your teams be shit. Hey, that's, not, that's how the New England Patriots feel right now. They about to join you. Exactly. Oh, my nephew man. is the biggest uh, <laughs> New England Patriots fan, and I, I'm throwing this shit all up in his face. Yeah, they about to join you. <laughs> it's over. It's over now. But, if you you know, you got, um, you could pull up your, you know, throw your, your IG, uh, Oh, my IG is um at I am J Oliver four one zero um not the J A Y because a lot of people think it's the J A Y it's not J A Y it's I am J Oliver J O L I V E R four one zero. This is up, and you guys know where to find us. According to sources at gmail.com If you want to send any emails, a two sources on Twitter. According to sources on Facebook, you know you guys can get us. We starting to do the podcast thing more, so anybody want to holler at us, let us know. So, J Oliver. Chris, this is Dre, this is According to Sources. We out. Peace. Peace. This has been a production of the ETMF Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out etmfpodcast.com to find more information on all of the shows. When I close the meeting out, it's just going to close everybody out. He already left. All right. Hey, good job, Yo. bro. Hey, bro, I was nervous the whole fucking time. I ain't going to lie to you. <laughs> that's, how the, that's how the first one always is. It's always like that. Like when you first interview somebody. I remember when me and Rob first went down to, um, to Bourbon A. Yeah. Like it was the first time we had went there. And I'm um I'm interviewing somebody. Like I stop somebody, like they coming off the field. And uh, like, you know, I'm trying to get an interview with them. And I'm shuffling around and dropping my phone and shit. And like the buddy looking pissed off because you know they just been working out for like two, three hours. And yeah. I'm fumbling with my shit trying to get my phone together so that I can, you know, interview them. But that's just like the time the first time you interview somebody, or uh, you know, interview somebody that's like relatively known, that's just the way it is. But like you know by the time i was there like my third time and i'm interviewing you know i'm talking to mark tressman and i'm talking to you know i'm getting to talk to jay cutler and you know i'm talking to by the time you get you do it a few times it's just like these are just regular fucking people like me it's normal people feel me? yeah it's regular people but it's definitely normal to be a little bit nervous but i mean all things being considered i wouldn't have known were you getting my messages on on Zoom? Uh, no, I understand. No, because I was letting you know that you could have kept going if you wanted to, because I just upgraded it. Just said, fuck it. <laughs> oh, damn, I didn't see that shit. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I just got, it's like it's like $15 a month. How can I really, I mean, whatever. So that we don't have to, like, <laughs> you know, I don't want us to really go over an hour when we do our pods. Yeah. I don't want to be like, well, let's cut this off, and then I got to, like, edit this together. I don't know if people can really tell where I edited the the last podcast. <laughs> yeah, because look, I was sitting there for like like 30 or 40 minutes like trying to move the audio tracks around to make it sound like a natural progression from, didn't he work for the Bulls? Yeah, Chris, he worked for the Bulls. <laughs> like I was trying to find <laughs> the perfect amount of space in between the two to make it sound very, like sound at least a little bit um natural but mm. yeah i just said fuck it i just spent the 14 dollars so that we can do this but, yeah man i thought the message would pop up on my screen but it didn't 
Yeah, it was probably because you were, you know, you in it, so it ain't gonna pop up. But uh, well, but yeah, um, good job. Appreciate like, it, man. You get more people, you do it again. It's like I, I don't, we, we don't need to be here for you to do anything. The only thing you need okay. me to do, if you get somebody that you want to interview and they say they want to be on, all you need me to do is be on here to start it. You don't need me for anything else. I mean, I'm gonna jump in and ask questions. Like every yeah. now and then, but like I think I may have asked what I asked. Uh, I said one thing about the 49ers, I asked them one question about something, and then I asked that question at the end. Um, but I'm not gonna be in your shit. This is yours. This is your shit. But, uh, <laughs> I'm going. I might. I might edit this and put it up tonight. So. No work. Shit. Yeah. yeah. I ain't got nothing else going on. So. Uh, yeah. Good job, though, bro. I appreciate that, bro. For real, could do it without you. Ah, yeah, you could. But <laughs> I'm, a, uh, I'm, a, I'm a about to end it so it can start converting, and then I'll let you know if I put it up. I text or something. All right, bet. Appreciate you, bro. All right, work. Peace.